Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Now, today, I've actually got someone on the podcast who's been on a couple of times before. It's the amazing, yet very humble, Matt Coulson. So before you kind of turn this off and go, oh, I've listened to Matt before, I know exactly what he's going to say. This is going to be completely different. And I'll tell you why. But but first, I want to welcome Matt on and say thank you for coming on again, Matt. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Um, although we both forgot that I'd been on the second time. Um, so... This is my third, and we both thought it was going to be my second until you discovered it was my third yeah, today. Well, so no, great, great to be on. Um, as you say, hopefully not going to bore people to tears who's, who've already listened to me, um, and would ideally like to give somebody something new, uh, definitely if I, if I can. Although all the pressure on you because it's all based on the questions you ask me, right? <laughs> yeah, cheers for that, Matt. That's, that's <laughs> all good, mate. Um, so Matt's first appearance was episode nineteen, and it was about how he got into mortgages, how he grew his team, and ultimately what makes a good mortgage broker in his eyes. Then the second episode he was on was episode thirty-four, and this was all about how to hire and train apprentices, how effective, and and also he talks about how rewarding it can be as well. Matt's got some great staff that have started as apprentices and now are managers of some of the teams that he runs. So go back and take a little listen to episode 19 and episode 34, definitely, if you're looking on taking apprentices. But today's episode, as I said, it's going to be completely different and it's going to be around how not only to grow the business, but how to take a step back. Because I've spoken to a lot of brokers where either at the stage where the company's got that that big, where they either need to take a step back or they need to get somebody in to run the business for them. Or it might be even that you're thinking of your three, five or 10 year plan is to take the step back and let other people run the business or, or run it yourself. So Matt is the first scenario I talked about. He built the business to a point where he took a step back and now he has an amazing team of managers that run everything for him, but he still oversees the business. And he also features a lot on social media that we're going to be speaking to as well. But if nobody's listened to Matt before on the podcast, could you give us a little bit of a background to you, Matt, what you've done, where you've been and and what the business is today? Yeah, of course. Um, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I will ramble otherwise. By the way, um, if you hear microwaves pinging and people running around, it's because we're recording this right slap bang in the middle of lunchtime in the office. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've tried to find a quiet room, but it just seems like it's the point, the one point in the day where the, the corridor is like a stampede. So apologies in advance if you get any of that. Um, I will I will try and sort of mute myself when you're speaking, Chris. So um Nutshell of, of me, um, I, I run Heron. We are 11 years old in September. So next month, September 22, will be will be our 11th year, which is scary. Um, I, I started the business off with my business partner, Warren, um, and that was back in September 2011. We essentially grew from a couple of blokes with, with two mobiles, um, tapping up estate agents to, to ask whether or not we could look after their clients so nothing groundbreaking there uh, no no reinvention of the wheel um and, and grew fairly organically over time i think um what where are we different um we have always had a, a bit of a technology focus um that sort of the market led 
uh, to us, actually, funny enough, over the last two or three years. So the things that we'd been trying to do, like get people on video calls, um, uh, all of a sudden okay. everybody wanted to do it. Um, so we were very, very lucky in that respect. Um, we've always taken on apprentices, as you mentioned. I think we've talked about that before um, and, and believed that, that if you're good enough, you're old enough and you know your experience is irrelevant, really, um, if you come in and, and you pull up trees. Um, I think we're at about 47, 48 people now. Um, we're now across two bases. Uh, so uh, we have our office down in Hertfordshire in the southeast, which is uh, where we've we've always been based. Well, this is, I think, the third or fourth office in, in this region, but we've always been within a sort of a square mile of where we are now. Um, and we now have a second office, um, which opened up in the northeast where I'm originally from, up in Gateshead, um, which has really been growing quite rapidly. So we've been recruiting advisors up there. Um, uh, and at the moment, we've got a team of six, uh, potentially about to go to sort of eight or nine in the next few months. So um, two bases physically. Um, we don't have any remote staff. Um, so we're kind of flying in the face of um, the, the sort of modern world, if you like. Uh, all of our advisors are, are office based mm -hmm. um, and everybody else in our team is office based as well. You know, you've got odd people who do home days here or there. But broadly, we're all in one of our two offices. Um, most of our business comes from uh, house builders. Uh, so a lot of new builds. We still look after quite a few estate agents. Some of them we've looked after for the best part of 10 years now. Oh, awesome. um, and, and a huge back book, as you could probably imagine now, um, of uh, returning remortgage clients um, that we've looked after three, four, five times um, in the space of the, the, the 11 years that we've been operating. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, very lucky to have such a good team that, that, as you say, they do all the hard work, really. I just take the glory and pitch up in videos um, <laughs> like a performance seal. Uh, but hopefully that's a, a potted history of us and gives you an idea of who we are and what we do. What you'll notice, and I've said this on the previous two episodes, is Matt will never take any credit for this business. So I just want to say that, Matt, you've built a phenomenal business here and kind of make you blush a bit because it is incredible and everybody knows who Heron is. But Matt will never sit there. Matt will always praise his team before he takes any credit himself. So... That's me saying credit for such a phenomenal business. Well, that's very, very kind of you. I'll I, I try and take a bit of credit, but, but genuinely, we, you know, we've got such a great team. And I think the other, the other thing uh, in the spirit of, of this conversation uh, today, Chris, is that um, most of what we've done is, has basically been somebody else's idea. Um, like there's not, there's not a lot of, yeah, you know, there are things that we do that are a little bit quirky that we are slightly different in some areas, but um, so much of our process uh, and, and the way that we run the business and the client journey, and um, we've, we've taken that from other people. You know, we, 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 we sort of watched and listened and thought, actually, that looks quite good. And we like that bit over there as well. And can we put it all together? So, you know, yes, we, you know, we, what we've done is great. And, it, and it's, it's, it is, you know, we've got an amazing team, but actually there's nothing that original. And hopefully that, that's... Um, Give some encouraging for it for can people. be done. That yeah, was we're not we're not reinventing the wheel here by any stretch. Not, You've not. obviously done it consistently and, and very and you treat your clients well. If I take you back to when you were um, you and your business partner set this up, did you ever envisage a fifty person business? Did yes you and no. Um, okay. Yes and no. I mean, I, I think we we always had this sort of idea that we were going to be really big, um, and we wanted to be, and and I don't think we're anywhere near where we where our final destination is if there is such a thing. Wow. Um, we always knew that, that we wanted to become bigger than just a couple of blokes. Um, okay. I, I think partly because we knew that, that we were fairly talentless and, and had limitations and, and probably needed some, some other people to do the running around. Um, but yeah, we, we knew that bit, but 
I, I would be lying if I said we knew how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all been sort of make it up as you go. Uh, and, and obviously you get better at that. You know, you get you through, through experience and through watching what others have done, you, you, you start to make fewer mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think we always wanted it. We always had an idea of it, but, but there was no real detail around that idea. It was just a, well, we'll be really big one day, won't we? But no, yeah. no, no, no basis yeah. for that other than what we wanted to do. And do you mind sharing how many mortgages you do on average every month with just short of 50 staff? Yeah, it's, it's growing now. So, so uh, I think it's good to contextualize it. So of that, um, you've got uh, 12 advisors um, on the mortgage side, uh, two of whom are very new. Um, so just come through uh, relatively recently. Uh, and then we have uh, three advisors on the protection side about to be another uh, and then one general insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, we also break down that mortgage team. So uh, three of those would be purely remortgage specialists. Um, so they're not okay. taking on a great deal of new business. They're focusing on our existing clients, as you say, and trying to do a good job for them. Um, and we're, we're touching on towards 300 mortgages a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, which, which I'm, I'm not entirely happy with. Um, but, you know, we've got that infrastructure. I, I'd say if we weren't sort of exceeding that regularly by the end of this year, we'd be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you probably even a sort of crude back of a fag packet calculation, you've probably worked out that a big chunk of our operation is not on the advice side. Um, really? So you've got, um, I don't even want to call them support staff because I think that, that actually denigrates the job. I think um, they're, they're the great. operational team. And, and in my eyes and the way that I view those people is that they are as important as the advisors. Yes, uh, the advisors give the advice and, and, and have letters after the name in some cases and um, you know ultimately bring the business through the door. But um, everybody is, is, is of equal importance, whether you're in our compliance team, our apps team, um, progressions team who have most client contact, our business development team who are just relentlessly on the road, um, you know, going out there and talking to our introducers and bringing in business or on a virtual call like this presenting in, you know, regional meetings online. So I, I, yeah, about a third of the team are advisors, but everybody else is, is of equal importance as far as I see it. And, and that's the way you've always set your team up there. That's what I really wanted to get into the crooks of today is almost building a blueprint of what makes your business so successful and what allowed you to take that step back. Because like you say, there's no secret to it. It's hard work and it's taking ideas from other people. So I hope this episode can give some people 10 minutes into the episode now, we've done the introduction. Now we're really going to get into the crooks of what you've done to make it so successful. So First thing is, could you talk us through the structure that you've set up in the business? Yeah, I'll I'll simplify it. Um, So essentially, I think the easiest way to envisage it is that we have designed an environment whereby the advisors do very little else beyond the advice. So um, they're they're having an appointment with a client or they're in discussion with a client that that ultimately is going to directly lead to some some sort of submitted business. once the advisor has had that conversation with the client, uh, they've given the advice, the client's accepted it and they're happy to proceed. Um, they do obviously have that document gathering element at the beginning, which we, we largely rely on tech to, to simplify, which is great. Um, but once it moves from there, it, it, it will be checked by our compliance team. They'll, they'll ensure that the advice is correct. They're happy with it. Um, push back on the advisor if there's any areas that aren't clear um, or, or that maybe need a little bit further clarification or notes. Um, they would be responsible for uh, generating things like the suitability letter on uh, on behalf of the advisor. That that goes out in good time. Um, once they're happy with it, it would go into our applications team, um, and they would 
exactly as you'd expect, um, submit applications to lenders or, or providers on the, on the protection side. Um, and then once it leaves those guys, uh, having submitted that application and uploaded all the initial supporting docs to that lender or to that provider, um, it would go into our case progression team. Now, they are um, the ones who are on the phone 24-7. You know, they're talking to lenders, they're talking to clients, they're talking to solicitors. They're doing all of the thankless work, um, but 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 um, rightly um, getting quite a lot of the glory. If anyone checks out our reviews on Google and Trustpilot, um, the most mentioned people, funnily enough, are, are, are often not the advisors. Um, it's the ones that are constantly in contact. Correct. Just having that person you can pick up the phone to, or that, just that little touch point to say your survey's yeah. been arranged or your mortgage offers in. It makes such a difference. It made it a difference to me when I was uh, getting a mortgage. Yeah, and 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 it's and 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 it's memorable, isn't it? You know, you you remember the person that makes those good news phone calls to you. So so I, I hope that's kind of helped to sort of clarify the way it works. You've what you actually have there is is beyond the advisors part, um, three other very separate teams of people um, that handle very separate parts of that journey. I could then go into other parts where we have a business development team, as I mentioned. Um, yeah. Their role is to go out and generate business. Uh, the protection team is, is is a mirror, essentially, of the mortgage team. We, we, we set that up in the same way. Um, but the upshot of it is um, we are uh, very, very light um, in terms of the, the extra work that we expect our advisors to do. Okay, fantastic. It's, it's very similar to, I was just thinking, I watched the McDonald's film, and they spoke about McDonald's was the best business idea because everybody had their own station. There'd be one person that would do the bun. There'd be one person that does a gherkin. There'd be one person that does the ketchup. And that's essentially what you've done. You've broken down the whole process. Yeah. That's basically it. It's the people it's are specialized in their own areas, aren't they? It's it's Henry Ford, it's you know, um, Toyota. You know, the, the, these are these are big businesses that um have got far more MI than we have and, and are very successful in terms of um breaking down a customer journey or a product journey. Um, and obviously seeing the benefits that that brings ultimately yeah. makes you more efficient as far as I'm concerned. Efficiency, isn't it? That's So let's talk about efficiency now. So you would have had to set up some point of some kind of efficiency for you to take that step back because you would never take a step back as a mortgage broker if everything was just all over the place. So can you talk us through when you decided to take the step back, like what the staff levels were like and were there any financial implications at that point? Um, yeah, uh, let's not let's not sort of sugarcoat the issue. Um, I think you know I was a you know I was a good advisor. I, I wasn't as good as some of the advisors that now are in our team. Um, you know we've got sensational individuals. Um, okay. You know we've got uh, people who are incredible and and and, and produce numbers regularly that, that I, I wouldn't have got anywhere close to as an advisor. Having said that, um, I earned more money. Um, when yeah. I was an advisor. Uh, and, and I think that anybody that has designs on growing something uh, bigger than a, a sort of smallish operation needs to appreciate and understand that, that there's possibly going to come a point where, and it could be from, you know, a couple of years, maybe more. Um, really that much? Wow. You, you don't earn as much as you could. Because if you're a very high level uh, mortgage and protection advisor and you're good at protection particularly, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can make a nice living um, working for yourself. Now, there's obviously a huge risk attached to that. Um, and I think that we're, we're heading into a world of headwinds, you know, uh, you know, as we sit and record this in August uh, 22, you know, you, you pick a newspaper up, it's doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's a scary old world. Um, but I think that the earning potential is there if you want it to be. Um, that being said, when I stepped back away from the advice and, and um, stopped being the only person um, or, or the main person that gave advice, I accepted that I was going to earn less. And I did. Um, yeah. And I did for a couple of years. And it took, um, took you two years. So did you, did you kind of say, look, I've got savings in the bank ready to do it? Or were you just like, right, I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going to take a lot less. Bit of both. Bit of both. So, so you know, I, I knew I was going to lead into it and, and um, try to put some money away because um, fundamentally you got to pay the mortgage. You got to you got to live your yeah. life. Um, and and then uh, it, it was just a case of taking far less uh, out of the business because it wasn't there. You know, yeah. And I think you know we'll, we'll possibly come onto it a little bit as well. But you you also accept that you um, there are clients that perhaps if I had individually been giving the advice or I'd been the primary contact, we'd have won that business and and maybe the new person that you're bringing in which you'll get on to hasn't and and that that's frustrating too um but it's 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 necessary i i I can't stress it enough chris honestly if 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 people have a uh a design on doing it and i would i would really encourage it actually because um, there's such satisfaction that you can take from it um then i think you need to just be fully aware and have your eyes wide open that that it's very likely that for a period of time your earning potential is going to decrease it's going to unless be. unless you can find a way in which because i'd love to know i'd love to know what that yeah. is i remember um, speaking to john stones from mortgage first and he said he would have had to replace he would have been replaced by three advisors now for you to replace yourself with three advisors it's, it's finding them recruiting them training them uh, what size was the business when you took a step back good question I'm trying to. I'm trying to actually think back to it. You're talking like three advisors, five. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think. I think at the point that, that I did step back, we 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 had a couple of other advisors. So, so Warren and I were writing business. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of other advisors that that we had brought in to um, look after some of the estate agents that we had brought on board as our introducers, um, and had become huge uh, in their own right. Um, so we, we we'd almost created this problem for ourselves where we had too many leads, and and then you bring advisors. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't much more than that. I think there was probably two, three um, support stuff, maybe a little bit more, but not, not much more than that. And, oh. and uh, we, we had sort of stumbled upon the apprentice model. And as you said, I think we've discussed that in a prior episode in, in a lot more detail. Um, and at that stage, you know, w- we had one individual who clearly um, had the potential to really step forward and, and be brilliant. And, and he, he has proven us right. And he's still here. Um, you know, ten years later, God bless him. Um, having put up with me for that amount of time, um, he deserves a medal. Uh, but but we we saw in in somebody the potential there to progress from what they were doing, uh, which was largely administration. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and there were conversations with clients were, were flowing. There was you know great rapport building skills, and we looked at it and thought, well, can we can we sort of add an extra layer to this? You know, mm-hmm. let's go and let's go and get your C map. Let's go and um, have you shadow some more appointments and 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 move through that and and yeah it wasn't we weren't that much we weren't huge like I didn't I didn't oh, okay. I thought... 10 mortgage advisors I haven't been writing business for I don't know four years maybe not okay. properly anyway um so yeah I'd say we're, we're probably getting up to the point where I've spent as much time in the role that I'm at, that I'm in now which is not advising um than I did actually advising it's it, it's it's been a while it <laughs> sounds a bit 
We you had that idea in you had that idea to build that big team. So you knew you had to take a step back. And I think you've probably done it quicker than other people may do. Because I think a lot of the brokers I was speaking to at the moment, they're they've built a business to a certain size and they're like, I need to step back now because there's nobody running it. Well, there is somebody running it, but also doing advice. So maybe it was just a bit different there. I think that's where. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we all, again, coming back to you, one of your first questions, we knew that we always wanted to be this big operation and we didn't quite know how. But one of the things that we were absolutely certain of, and the, you know, the same goes for Warren and I, who were the two biggest business writers by, by a distance, um, is we, we knew that we had to step away. We knew it was not going to be possible to become really big and be a, a mortgage advisor speaking to clients and dealing with all of that. Cause that's a, that's a stressful role. It's a huge mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? So um, that was the one bit that we did know. And I think therefore we made that decision relatively early on um, that, that we had to make that step. Um, maybe in hindsight, it was a bit hasty or rash. I don't know. Well, it's obviously worked out, hasn't it? That's the- <laughs> Ask me again in five years when we're a bit further on where we want to be, but yeah, so, so far it seems to be okay. Awesome. So how hesitant were you? Obviously, you had a plan that to build that business, but how hesitant were you to take that step back? Um, I think hesitant is probably the wrong word. I, I think more concerned. Uh, I think because we always, again, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of repeating myself a little bit, but because we always knew we wanted to, to grow and we always knew an inevitable part of that was the fact that um, both Warren and I would need to come away from the sort of client contact aspect. Mm-hmm. It was. It felt inevitable, and it had to be done. So it, there was no hesitation around it. It was just. It was more about making sure we had our ducks in a row. Um, okay. And I think it was just. There was almost like a. Um, just a certainty that it was going to be all right. It, 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 it would be fine. Um, but it was more. We kind of don't know what it's going to look like. We're just really making it up as we go. Um, and we have to make it work. So it was it was less hesitation, more kind of concern around how how do we go about it, um, rather right. than oh I'm really worried about doing it. Does that make sense? And I don't want to be dismissive no. about that, but does that make sense to you? Definitely, and it, it's quite interesting that you say because people might look at you and think oh he's obviously run businesses in the past, he knows what he's doing. But the honesty there is no a clue. No, we took a step back. We had the money, and yes, we knew we'd figure. I and mean, that's. I think mindset is a huge thing. And we'll be talking about this on on before we start recording, but you had the mindset of it's going to work. It has to work, but we know it's going to work. And I think yeah. you don't have that mindset. You almost set yourself up to fail, don't you? Yeah, totally. And, and I think, um, and, and again, you know, I, I don't mean this disparaging by any stretch, but I think as an industry, um, whilst there are lots and lots of people who do what we do, mm-hmm. um, the, the majority of them are... I don't know. Lifestyle business is a bit disrespectful, but I think a lot of people um, almost do it as a sort of, well, I'll do a few mortgages here or there, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll see how that goes. And, you know, we'll kind of see where the market is. And if I get a remortgage land on my desk, because the client rings me back, I might do it. I, I still think actually there's quite a lot of that about. Um, and yeah. so if that's the backdrop, and maybe I am being unkind, but if that's my perception of the backdrop, then I just look at it and think, well, as long as I give 100% of this and I'm willing to just keep working, mm-hmm. um, I can't fail. Um, okay. I, you know, I can't fail. Yeah, th- there's going to be a period of time where I don't earn as much. Granted, I don't think that's, as I say, I don't feel like it's possible unless there's somebody far smarter than me who can do it. Um, but inevitably, it'll be fine. It's just when. And, and that yeah. was, I, th- I think that was the way that we approached it. It wasn't one of nervousness or 
hesitation. It was one of just concern around how do we actually physically go about this thing? Get our heads down. And yeah. did, did you get a business plan together or was it just a loose thing that you and Warren said, right, this is where we want to be? It wasn't anything fancy. It was just back of a fag packet, as you said, that kind of that kind of plan. Yeah, I mean, look, we always joke about business plans because, you know, we have to be, to be fair, we we have got better at business plans yeah. um, in, in latter years. And, and, you know, I think it's impossible to to have, a, you know, a payroll like ours, for example, and not at least yeah, plan, so yeah, yeah. plan for it a little bit. Um, so we have got better. But back then we were rubbish at business plans. Absolutely rubbish, you know, naive, um, uh, making mad assumptions, uh, not building in buffers for things because you just think everything's going to be fine. Yeah. So whilst we loosely, we didn't have a plan to answer that. Um, but what we did know is that if this person was going to be profitable um, for the business, mm-hmm. um, as well as obviously taking those huge career progression steps as an individual, then we knew how many mortgages we needed that person to be able to handle right. each month. Um, and, and in order to sort of um, pay the way is the wrong phrase, but but remain um, a viable Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the business that would then become, a, I guess, a, a model or a template that you can say, actually, if we can get that person to that level of production um, and we can therefore use that as the blueprint, well, we can repeat that and we can go again. Um, so whilst we didn't have a proper business plan, we knew how many mortgages we needed that person to do each month. I think that's an interesting concept because a lot of brokers think, I, when I get more leads than I can handle, I'm going to hire a new member of staff, which is great. That's the perfect way to do it. But it's then thinking, well, how many leads do I need to give that person for them to convert them into mortgages? And how many mortgages do they need to pay their way, essentially? So it's actually thinking about it backwards. Have you got to give a person five leads to convert one? Have you just got to give them two? So it's not just about the amount. And we're going to talk about how you generate leads, essentially. But it's not just how many leads. It's how many mortgages that person can pump out really isn't it that that's exactly it and and i think we've always um operated on the basis of number of mortgage cases as well protection slightly different thing that we can we can talk about if you like um but we're we're slightly unique um in the market uh certainly not in the in the sort of bulk in the fact that we target our advisors on number of cases um so uh, not loan size uh, not banked business which i think is the sort of more corporate estate agent view um and you, you know from your background and agency chris you'd probably be aware of uh, how how a mortgage broker and estate agent bank branch is typically yeah. um, targeted um but we know that if we do you know 300 mortgages we know what our average loan size is going to be every month it'll yeah. it'll it'll be as broad as it is long you know it, it just finds its way to that level so we we prefer to target the advisors on case count uh, rather right. than on anything else a, it, it sort of allows you to um, create a template job um, that's not based on, you know, the market being good or bad, mm-hmm. um, but also it encourages the right behaviors. So, you know, particularly if you've got a, a, a new person or a young person uh, that you're bringing in as a trainee to sort of take on some of your workload as, as a business owner, um, the, there might be a temptation there for them to go out and chase these big fish um, and all yeah. Guys inquiring, he wants a million pound mortgage, or better, better go and speak to him. Um, but actually, you know, is that right? Should you give that person any more attention than you give to the person who's been back to you three or four times, referred their brother and their sister and their mum and their mate at work, and they want a 20 grand further advance for a new kitchen? You know, as far as I'm concerned, they both need that same journey. So we've we've built that into our ecosystem, and, and that's how we started. Now, I think that was probably luck, to be honest. 
um, because we were just trying to keep it simple for ourselves. But we knew that, you know, if that person did X amount of mortgages every month, um, then this was a viable thing um, mm-hmm. that we could then roll out. And, and that was as simple as that. You know, I'm a pretty simple bloke. And if we can keep it easy to monitor, then we know we can stay on track for it. That's why I love you talking about that because it doesn't need a fancy business plan. It doesn't need anything. It just needs, right, how many leads does, does that person need to do this many mortgages to earn this? We can say your OT is going to be X, Y, and Z. And we know that we're going to make this much over, over the months. Now, what I want people to take from that last 30, 60 seconds is you didn't know what you were doing, essentially. No disrespect. and I've Not got a clue. Look at that. Not but a clue. You had to run the accounts while she was setting up the business. You had to run the marketing. You had to run the admin. You had to run everything. But you figure these things out. As I listened to quite a few podcasts, and, and the founder of Gymshark was talking about how he was in a room with billionaires. And he said, it's, it's mad how many of these billionaires haven't got a clue what they're doing. But everybody's just kind of getting through and making it successful. So if anybody is hesitating to take that step, I think listening to Matt there is just make sure you get your rough figures down, know how much it's going to cost you. Don't take a broker on unless you're able to feed them with the amount of leads that they can convert into mortgages. And mortgage case is not case size. That's quite interesting. Yeah, and and I think, you know, I I don't want to, I don't want to be, you're spot on, by the way, we didn't have a clue. Um, And, um, so my argue we still don't. I, I think that, that that I don't want to misconstrue it as you know be gung ho, you know mm. take mad risks. I think there's a way of managing it um, without needing to necessarily be obsessively referring back to a business plan. I think sometimes you know business plans can be quite damaging because they don't take into account the fact that things change. If you'd no. written a business plan at the start of of 2020, you'd have mm. torn it up in yeah. three months. Now that's obviously an extreme example, but you could make the same argument for the you know the year we're in now, twenty twenty two. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think um, if you ask uh, the regulator and the Bank of England when they set out to uh, make an assessment around affordability rules, which is a big news story this week, and, and the relaxing of those rules for for whatever you think that's worth, uh, when they set out on that journey in I think October November last year, um, did they expect us to have double digit inflation? and a cost of living crisis and, and people's gas bills going up 75% a quarter, probably not. Mm. Um, so I think it just shows you that you can be, I've, I've spoken to people before who become obsessed with a business plan mm. and, and actually it can sometimes freeze you in your tracks. Um, we, not we, fluid, are you? No. And, and, and whilst we are a lot more grown up nowadays, um, we are still quite fluid and we are relatively adaptable within the confines of the plan that we have. Um, and I think when you are setting out to step away and have a broker, you have to be aware that there might be bumps in the road um, and, and be able to deal with those and, and deal with that individual and their own needs as well. So don't be too obsessed with the business plan, but don't be too gung-ho either, if that makes sense. Being in the middle, be quite level-headed and laid back yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. Before, I wanted to talk about social media because we are big on social, but I think it'd be really good for the listeners just to talk about the process you have in place for clients. And it doesn't have to be really in-depth, but kind of what happens when they book an appointment? So how, how do customers book appointments with you at the moment? So there's numerous ways. Um, so a lot of our clients will be introduced uh, via a third party, so a house builder or an estate agent, typically. Um, now they would, um, they they might call up the office, mm-hmm. um, in which case we would book the appointment in for them there and then. We have a piece of software, Everglades, which um, people will probably see me banging on about on on uh, the videos that we produce. We've won awards uh, for that, um, and I'm yeah. not suggesting that you have to go out and build your software because 
it's probably taking 10 years off my life and um, give me several gray hairs, but it, it, it's essentially a three in one uh, CRM system, uh, customer portal and uh, introduce a portal as well. So we're sharing information. Um, the, the, our website links into that as well. So you could have a, a client visit our website, book an appointment on there. What we're trying to do is whichever route you come at us from, whether that be a phone call into us, whether that be an email into our info address, whether that be you clicked uh, on, on, a, on a Google ad that we might have done, or you clicked on a link in our Facebook, uh, or you went direct to our website because your mate sent you there. Um, we, we try and funnel them all into our appointment booking system, which is in our case is, is through Everglades, which is our, our, our system. But prior to that, we used things like Calendly, um that there are right. others out there that, that that are very very good at what they do but ultimately what we're always trying to do is push that client into an appointment straight away unless of course they want to be spoken to there and then in which case we'll make an advisor available and and, and it will happen but what we tend to find is most people want to just they want an appointment they want to know when it is um and then from that point we, we will try and push them into either a zoom or a teams if we can right um sometimes it might not be possible an appointment one because it might be a quick call but then we'll always try and get them into Zoom or Teams. But uh, I've gone about that a really long-winded way. Whichever way they come at us, we push them into an appointment. And is Everglades an open market? Can people contact you about Everglades or is it your own software that you... It's, it, it's us, yeah. Um, Nobody yeah. can use it. No, you're not selling it, no? Not, not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> right, okay. Watch this space in the future. But yeah, we, I, I'd rather get it to a point where I'm happy with it before we start to... Um, and if you take, take a little listen to episode 19 about Everglades, it's an incredible tool. And you've spent years and years with developers developing yeah. this software. And the thing is, it's developed by a mortgage broker. That's yeah. that's the key to that bit of software. And I've seen it in action on the website. It's phenomenal. So they've booked the appointments. Yep. You do the appointment. You say that you have a mortgage advisor contacts them, does the appointment yeah. with them, gives yeah. them advice. Do you prefer them to be in the office? Do you prefer them to be over Teams or your telephone? Well, that's the beauty of the last three years, isn't it? Is that now um, there is an acceptance that it's probably not going to be face-to-face. -face. Now, some people may feel that that's a bad thing. Um, by the way, this is coming from a bloke who, who I, I was obsessed with face-to-face. That's -face. all, you know, I well, wouldn't yeah. have an appointment with a client unless it was face-to-face. -face. You know, I wouldn't even do a phone appointment. Um, and, and obviously things have now changed. Um, we had, as I said, we had sort of, made a bit of an about turn prior to the pandemic and then the pandemic made it easier for us to be frank um so the vast majority of what we do i'd say over 90 percent of our appointments now are either on the phone um or or on teams or on zoom or on google meet or whatever format the client prefers so do you mind me asking then why are your staff office based if everything's done remotely it's just an interesting concept it's a good question um a i'm a complete control freak um, being honest, which they will, which they will all tell you, and um, their favourite days are the days when I'm not in. Um, <laughs> but I, th I think the the biggest part of it, honestly, is we have very high expectations of everyone, right? Um, whether you're um, a, a brand new apprentice who we will throw in the deep end, um, or whether you're an experienced advisor who's been with us ten years, um, there is an expectation of excellence. You know, and, and, and I, I will make no bones about it. Um, I'll let people know if I'm not happy, as will managers. Um, you can't work here unless you're willing to push yourself and get better. Um, and, and also just accept that that is the environment that we operate within. Um, now, and you've, Sorry to jump in. You've probably lost staff that way as well, haven't you? You've probably oh, had yeah. Yeah, yeah, gone, look, I can't work under this. And by the way, it's not, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. 
Um, no, 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 of course not. I, there are certain people that, that, that we, we, you know, it isn't right for them, it isn't right for us. And, and I'll help them go off and find a firm that, that's more suited to perhaps the way that they work. And, you know, flourishing in their own endeavors, whether that be on their own or whether that be elsewhere. And I'm really happy. Um, because I, I'm well aware that we've we've got a bit of a sort of unicorn business that's bizarre, um, and and the expectation level is high. The reason I've pre preempted the the answer with with uh, with that is if you have that level of expectation in whatever role that you're in, and let's face it, there's pressure because mm -hmm. we deal with house builders and they are um, tough tough cookies, right? Yep. You know, you, the expectation as to what you will deliver for them is very very high indeed. Um, plus the environment that we're in right now. If you're working at home um, and you've got that, I think that can be quite lonely and quite stressful. Very um, good point. Where, whereas if you're in an office and you're surrounded by your mates and everybody gets on, you know, everybody gets on, you know, we go out, we do, um, I don't because I'm too old and, and they don't want me there, um, but they'll go out and have drinks <laughs> together and, and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have the Christmas party and, and get rid you're of You're invited me. to that one, aren't you? you get I, I get invited, yeah, to hand out awards and then go. Um, it's just like, you know, has he gone yet? Um, but they're all, you know, they're mates. And, and, and really good mates at that. And I think, do you know what it's like when I've, let's say, for example, you know, I've been in somebody here saying, you know, what's going on with your performance? You know, didn't like what I heard just there. Um, you know, you're not your best, whatever it might be, right? Um, and I walk out of the room, you want to be able to turn around to your mate and say, he's at it again, you know, is he just like that with me? Or, you know, or, or you have a client who's unreasonable and, and, and you want to come off and get a headset and be like, bloody hell, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, and your mates like, yeah, I heard that, mate. You know, you know, you didn't do anything it's wrong. Like that, so. um, that acceptance, isn't it? It's that you yeah. kind of validating, you're validating that that phone call was. Similarly, you know, if you're a salesperson and you come off and you've you, you've made a sale on a you know a big protection case for argument's sake, or you're a progressor who's spent a month trying to get a ridiculously difficult case and and get an offer on it, and you get it. You want to come off and whoop and holler and cheer and, you know, get a pat on the back for your mate and go and have a coffee and talk about how relieved you are. Or, you know, I think if you're at home and look, I'm a dinosaur with this. And again, I'm not professing this to be the correct answer. You lose that. You lose it's that. Very, it's very interesting to have those pole, not polar, yeah, polar opposite approaches that we want everything online. Everything's via video call because we can yeah. do more appointments, but I want everybody in the office. Yeah. You explaining that there, that's not, to me, that's not because you're a control freak. It's giving people a platform to be able to connect with other people, create that camaraderie. Yeah. It's yes, it's control from a point of view that you want to see what's going on, but it's not a control of I'm stood over your desk every two minutes and watching what you're. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I think it's it's the it's also the shared knowledge. Um, so again, you know, as you can probably imagine, and and we again, I won't go over it because we talked about it on a previous episode, but. Um, if you're expecting an apprentice to hit the ground running, for example, or a new person who isn't an apprentice but is new to industry or new to role, um, sitting in a room with a bunch of people who already do it and know what they're doing, you will learn quick. Yeah, like you will really pick person. so quickly um, just by osmosis. You know, you can just sit and listen to a really experienced person in the role that you've just taken on, and you don't know it, but you, you you're picking things up. Um, yeah. And again, you know, time may well prove me wrong, and and and. We could get left behind because everybody else works from home now. Um, but I don't um, think it will. For I as think... long as it works, we'll keep at it. We'll keep at yeah, it. Exactly. Right. So that's the appointments. We're talking about video appointment. I know we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but that was a real, really interesting talking about the, the difference between remote and, and work in the office. How do you then keep in touch with clients? Because we're in a, an industry, a market now where 
the Remo business is going to be massive over the next 12, 24 Huge. months. Not Huge. as many people are going to be moving. And I see it as a real positive way of the market because you don't have to contend with estate agents, best and final offers. You're just going to be helping people not pay an extra 500 quid on their mortgage every month. So what are you doing as a business to keep in touch with your clients? Are you using digital? Are you using letters? How are you using social? And how are you using that? What are you doing to keep in touch? A, a mixture, really. Um, so the social stuff, um, I'd encourage anyone to check out our um, channels. We, 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 we favor LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and, and we've got TikTok on, on, on the way. Um, but that stuff's really general. Um, so we like to... Uh, Use that as a as a shop window, I guess, to show um, showcase the team, you know, showcase the people that we have actual real people who are uh, you know normal, um, and we also use that to give away sort of free tidbits of information. So um, you know, we might do top five tips on this or that. Um, uh, we might do a little focus on a particular um, section of the market that might have been in the news recently. So that's really not very client specific. Um, but alongside that, and we would encourage clients to follow us on all of those channels because they, they, they'll, again, pick these things up. But alongside that, we do have sort of targeted calls. Um, so we have what's called a six-month uh, check-in call. Um, so whenever somebody completes on a purchase, we would call, it, call them after six months, check in, how's it going? Do you want, you know, is there anything we want to talk about? Um, and we'll, we'll then sort of, depending on the outcome of that conversation, we'll either put another task in for 12 months down the line or we'll book an appointment if there was something that they did want to discuss. Mm -hmm. um we then have automation going on in the background as well so uh you have emails being sent to people at key dates uh, so they could be dates around mortgage end dates they could be dates around reviewing uh, home insurance or protection um but again they're sort of we're not bombarding them but those are personalized so those will include you know information about the client and information about the particular product that we're trying to talk to them about um so they can see that that's not spam um, so what you've got is, is that sort of three prong, really, you've got the social media, really general, um, just keeping an idea of what, what's going with, you know, herons still exist. Mm -hmm. um, you've got the, the phone call, which is the personal touch of, hey, you know, how are you? Can we help? Um, and as you probably guessed, nine times out of 10, it's like, a, yeah, thanks for the call, but I'm all good. But the point is, you're, you're in just, their head, you're in their head. Mm. Um, and then you've got the, the sort of targeted automated um, mail that hits them, um, which is kind of digital driven. So you've got all of that going on at once, and it's a, it's it's as much as we can do really without going mega yeah, on the yeah. You don't want to be the annoying people that keep on contacting them. When you spoke about social media, there, it's interesting that you talked about you just keeping people updated. I think in this day and age, people think that they can put a social media post will generate leads, but it's not that, is it? Social media is part of your marketing strategy. It's not all of your marketing strategy, is it? Agree, uh, and and I was very naive. I mean, we've, we've we're very new to social media, right? We we we're probably two and a bit years now into into sort of really concerted effort on it. We've we've dabbled in it over the years, as I think everybody probably has in our sector, because every now and again you think, oh bloody, I could do a bit more business, you know, let's give that a go. Uh, but we've only really tried properly and put money behind it um, mm. for the sort of two three years now. Um, I don't see it. And I, again, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're going to correct me and say, um, actually, that's where you're wrong, Matt. But for us anyway, I don't see it as a as a primary lead driver. Now I know, absolutely, there are businesses out there, mm -hmm. you know, friends of mine who run businesses who exist entirely um, yeah. on on leads that they generate through social media. Which you know, hats off, that is unbelievable um, and and it, like magic as far as I'm concerned. Um, so and I know that you're 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 sort of behind a lot of that stuff, Chris. And and I think that. 
um, that is there. But for us, it's not it's not our primary. Um, you know, we generate a good amount of leads, enough leads, um, mm -hmm. sometimes too many leads through the introducers that we work with, which is predominantly house builders. Um, so we don't need the social media to, to add leads directly per se, but we do pick stuff up from there. Um, yeah. And actually what it is, it's more about um, authenticating who we are and what we do. So we'll have clients who've been referred to us by a builder. They Google us, they see the social media and they think, yeah, I like the look of them um, and, and I'll give them a call. And, and actually to me, it's more of a verification, authentication, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know that there are others out there that, that run their business on it. Um, but for us, it's more of a, an additional um, they do. It, and that's it. Is it, it's, it's verifying. It's been able to verify you as people to make sure that they yeah. know who you are. When do you tell people to follow you on social? At what stage in the process? All, all the time. All the time. So, so it's on know. email signatures. Um, we try and encourage people to mention it on calls. We'll tell our introducers. Um, so we'll encourage the, the builders and the estate agents that we work with to follow our social channels. Again, you want to try and subconsciously um, drip feed it drip feed it in, um, but also have them send stuff to clients, right? Because, you know, yeah. a client a video is way more powerful than sending a client an email that they'll never read. Um, so, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we're saying, we'll, we'll actively say to a, a house builder, look, we've just put out a, a, a podcast episode on YouTube. It's all around why you should buy new build, green mortgages, energy efficiency rating. What does it mean? And all of a sudden they've got something to send out to a client that isn't bombarding the client with their brand. Um, yeah it, it's something different break up break it up isn't it break it up break yeah. it up so yeah we'll we'll ask we'll always ask clients and we're always encouraging clients to follow our socials and write reviews um but but we will ask introducers as well because why not um right. oh, yeah i never thought about that actually that's really interesting if you've got introducers to state agents whatever it might be get them to share your content because it saves them having to think about it of course and and hey look let's face it they need mortgages too so exactly, you know, exactly. those individuals, you know, the amount of mortgages that we arrange for people that introduce business to us is that's not unusual. But but I, I would say that we're probably um, we would probably do more as a percentage than most um, just because we're so obvious and blatant um, and, and push it on them all the time. So on social media, talking about this, this is something I speak to a lot of people about. And I've had a few conversations over the last couple of months is somebody's built the business and say it's called John Smith Mortgages. And they're the, they're the person that has always done mortgages for their clients. They've now hired two brokers. And what they've turned around and said is, gone, he said, I'm not doing videos anymore. I'm John Smith. I cannot put my face to this business anymore because if they phone me, I'm going to pass them over to uh, Ann Davis and, and, you know what I mean, Ben. What is your thought on that? Because I see you on Heron channels you're not giving advice but you're still doing the majority of the videos aren't you um well for, for those of you that are old enough um if you recall that guy howard um that did the halifax adverts right well, yeah. gives you extra that yeah. guy um i mean you wouldn't go to halifax branch and expect howard to open your savings account right you know? point. so yeah. so a bit of a kind of naff way of making the point but um First of all, I needed something to do because, you know, I was just sort of kicking around annoying people. So, um, you know, they thought, can we get him out of here into a studio somewhere and um, just get, recorded video. get rid of him? Um, but, I but so I think that's that's part of it. I mean, look, I am associated with with the business. You know, we, we have grown through people knowing me wrongly or rightly, you know, love me or hate me. I think there is an association there. So I think making use of that association. But 
never have we had somebody ring up and say, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I want to deal with that bloke in the video. Never. That's um, what I was going to ask. Have you ever had anybody phone up and go, oh, I saw this bloke Matt on a video, can I have an appointment with him? They'll say, I saw the video. And, and look, we do, we, we have other people in the videos too, but they'll say, I saw the video. It was great. They don't ask, can I speak to that person? Um, so I, I, honestly, maybe we've just been lucky with that, but honestly, I don't think it matters a jot. I really don't. I think, I think people see the, see me in a video or a, another person in a video for Heron almost as a mascot or a representation of a point, um, almost yeah. as a sort of, I mean, we might as well be a bloody, an actor, you know, or, or, a, or an extra, just sort of delivering information around a subject that's interesting to them that they then think, well, actually, I, I need to go and deal with an expert. These people look like they know what they're talking about. Therefore, all of them must. So, yeah, honestly, yeah. that's never, ever, ever created a barrier, not once. Never thought about that, actually. If you think of an actor, I remember seeing some um, adverts with, who was it? I think it was like a, one of the banks, and it was the guy from Friends, Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it TSB? Was it Lloyd? Yes, it was TSB. It was. Yeah, you don't pick up the phone going, oh, I'm getting an appointment with Ross. You pick up the phone because... Put my mortgage out, yeah. yeah. You're essentially the actor for the business, but you've got the face. The great thing is you've got the story behind the business. You've created it. Why wouldn't you want to put your face to that? Because you're proud of what you've created. And I think this is what we spoke about before the podcast started is you are the person that's created the values for the business. Therefore, you should be at the forefront of it. Yeah, I think, I, I think you I think you make a point. Um, you know, we've uh, you know, this is a whole other topic area, but we've we've worked really hard on, on core values um over the last year or so. Um and 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 that's become a huge part of what we do. That's that's a that's a that's a big can of worms. Um but yeah, I, I think the other part of it is, is that I'm yeah, let's face it, I've got more of a, a willingness to keep, you know, do another take and make sure I get it right next time um mm -hmm. than perhaps somebody else would because I want to make sure it's representing us as well as it possibly could. Yeah. Um, look, there are people that are far better than me at it. Um, I, I, absolutely. But those people also happen to be the ones that are far better than me at advising or far better than me at managing compliance or progressing cases. So it's like, what's the least damage that we can do is, is sort of give Matt that job. Um, but yeah, I think there's something in that is the fact that I have that sort of inbuilt history of Heron in my head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody else could never have. They couldn't. They don't know where you've been to start that day one with two mobile phones, you were yeah. one. Great yeah, way yeah. to start it. And, and just to finish, I love the videos that you're doing. Um, there was one a few, probably a few months ago now, there was a girl who was like, I'm, I'm known as the mortgage queen, and I don't know who that was. That so. was Aisha, yeah. She was particularly delighted when we started putting those out, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> wicked i loved it i was chuckling a while but that's the kind of thing we're talking here about yes matt is the face of the business on a lot of the videos but you do integrate that a lot of the other staff as well anyway i've taken up enough of your time matt and i really hope people have found that really interesting um go and follow matt on socials go and follow heron he's some of the content that they put out is fantastic and i, I know that it'll be open to co connecting on any of the social channels as well yeah def definitely and and you know Chris, always a pleasure. I, 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 like I try and reiterate throughout, well, today and, and, and previously, I, I am not by any stretch an expert, uh, nor do I know all the answers. But I think if anybody can take um, anything from this, it's just, you know, we've made a ton of mistakes. And, and if today has helped you to avoid those, then I've, I've done a bit of good. So uh, yeah, always, always very happy to connect with people and answer questions if, if they, um, if they want to connect with me, but don't, don't expect somebody who knows all the answers because I, <laughs> I, I genuinely don't.
Perfect way to sign off, Matt. You're a very humble gentleman. You've created a phenomenal business. As a thank you, I'd like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice for coming on. Which charity would you like to make the donation? It would be, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, Create Arts, uh, they're a charity that we've supported for many, many, many years. Um, I think I've mentioned it on a previous episode, but I'll mention it again because, you know, the more support that they can have, the better. They um, help young people, um, empower them through the creative arts, um, whether that be music or any other creative art. And these are predominantly young people who might have been put in a position of being a primary carer in their house. Um, There's other great work that they do, um, but a lot of the work that they do is is around um, disadvantaged people, perhaps somebody who care for a disabled parent or relative. um, And they maybe don't have so much of that fun aspect of life that, that the rest of us take for granted at times. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to go and check them, check them out. Um, they're not a ginormous charity. They need support. Um, and obviously very grateful, Chris, for you contributing to them. It's really I remember looking at them last time after you'd been on the podcast. I thought it was phenomenal. It's, imagine finishing school and then having to go home and be the, the primary care. You don't have time to do design like I do or, or paint or no. music. So it gives that opportunity to... to it gives to... them a release and it, and it allows them to, to, to also interact with people who are in their situation because it can be a very lonely place to be um and and i think that uh just that little bit of um association and and, and interaction with somebody who's like you can help all of us at times right exactly well thank you so much for coming on uh really value your opinions on everything and and the way that you built the business i hope people if it was me and i always say this on episodes rewind back to the beginning go and take loads of notes this is an episode where yes listen to it when you're out and about but i think a bit of pen and paper and, and make a few notes it'd be invaluable thank you so much for coming on matt i appreciate thanks, it thanks chris thank yeah. you so thank you very much for listening if you feel this podcast brought you any value at all i'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast little five stars and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes we can also connect on social so you can get me on instagram facebook and linkedin all with the handle social for brokers look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all